Hello and welcome aboard our podcast, Fighting Catholic Jetlag. My name is JC and I'll be your host. I'm a flight attendant and I'm on a journey to find my place within the Catholic Church. I'll be accompanied by my friend and co-host, Father Larry Hostetter, priest of 34 years and doctor of sacred theology. He's a Catholic University president and for our discussion, he'll serve as spiritual ground control to keep things on course for our flight back to faith. At times, we'll be navigating through difficult and uncomfortable issues, so prepare for a bit of turbulence along the way. There won't always be easy answers, but no subject will be off the table. If you're ready to explore your own doubts and questions and rediscover your faith with us, then sit back, buckle up, and enjoy our flight to faith. So we've got interesting news, people. (gasps) Rebecca, tell us your. <laughs> and you know, one of the things we're going to have to do is this microphone. I, I don't know when I'm listening to our podcast, I don't always hear Rebecca very clearly. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to move the microphone a little bit closer to her when she speaks. Tell us your news. I'm not baptized. You're not baptized. And you thought you were baptized in the Church of England. Yes. <laughs> Turns out you are not. And my brother was, so he's the favorite child. Your brother is older than you or younger than you? Younger. Younger. Yeah, he's definitely. So they just totally skipped. Yeah, they're like, eh, she'll be okay. Um, well, Joe, they know you're, you're waiting listening. for something special. So yeah, Joe, if you're listening, we would like to hear your rebuttal. Uh, <laughs> so so this changes us. everything. This you changes are now no longer everything. a candidate, but you are a member of the catechumens. And this Sunday, you went through the rite of yeah. election. Yeah. And became an elect. That's exciting. And so you'll also be baptized then at the Easter Vigil. That's right. Well, that's going to yeah. be exciting. It's There's a lot to plan for it. A lot. So yeah. what are plans you're making for your baptism? Hairstyle? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever the hairstyle is, is, it's going to get wet. Wait, and no. at the Easter Vigil baptisms are a really... Don't wet. tell her that. That's not, not just a little, true. Not just a little sprinkling. Okay, this yeah. is... Uh, You'll have a jug poured over your head. Well, we've been... She you wear a robe. I, I, I don't know how each parish does it, but the tradition is a white robe. I think we'll go with this hairstyle. Kim Kardashian is a really nice wet look. And see, so I feel like I'm going to send this to Father John Thomas beforehand so he'll know really what we're going for. Just to pour uh, the water just right. Yeah, yeah see, I like I think you would look great in that. Okay. Yeah. So uh, she looks like she just stepped out of the shower and didn't bother to do that's anything. The Literally the look. So I feel like we can do that for your baptism too. And how how do people decide that that all of a sudden is the look that everybody wants? Don't ask us. Ask ask Chris Jenner. She's the one that's running the show. Okay. The whole show. The like, whole show. Like like God in the fashion all world is, is yes. Chris Jenner. Yeah. She's she's in cahoots with. Anna Winter. Anna Winter and the Blessed Mother. Like, she is doing all of that. Yeah, I don't I doubt the Blessed Mother has anything to do with Kim Kardashian's wet hair look. Uh, it might be divine, divine inspiration. You never know. Yeah, it's going to be one of those things 20 years from now people look back and go, oh what were gosh. they thinking? Okay. So, so anyway, back wait, to Rebecca. No, no, no. Back to Rebecca. I've got to hear. You back can't here. just segue away from that. What was your, <laughs> what was I thinking moment? Well, probably the tux I wore to my junior senior prom. <laughs> we'll post a picture on the Instagram. Yes. <laughs> what color one. was it? It was silver. Who did you go with? Uh, with my date. Was it shiny silver? No, it was. Well, it was. 
It wasn't shiny, shiny silver. It was actually more toned down than most you would have seen in 1978. Did you have a it mustache? Did not have a, it did not have a ruffled. I did not grow a mustache at 17. I mean, that would have been impossible. I bet you could have, though, if you uh, really no, tried. I wouldn't have been <laughs> able to. I'm not even sure I was even shaving then. Um, Do you have a picture of Oh, I'm sure there's one somewhere that'll never see the light of day. Oh, we will find it's it. It's in a it's in a box within a box with, inside another with a box lock. inside a closet <laughs> somewhere. You know, for today, I would I actually was we're, we're going to do some little thing on on spirituality and prayer today. All right. And I was looking for this handout that I had way back when I was in college. They kind of talked about all the different traditions in the Catholic Church prayer. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find it anywhere, but I bet you anything it's next to that picture. Yeah. <laughs> it has to be. Yeah. Okay, we have to find this, Rebecca. Yeah. 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 So if you wait a second, I need public okay. service announcement. If you went to prom with Father Larry or you know someone who did, will you please write us at fightingcatholicjetlag.com? We want to see this silver tux. So all right. So Rebecca. The person I went. I don't know if she listens, but she's we're Facebook friends. So um, first initial. I think I'm saying. I'm saying. <laughs> I was hoping you would say that. Yeah. I so really anyway, anyway, um, Rebecca, will you be you wearing got, a silver tux? Do, will they have a? Are they going to do white gowns for the, the baptized? I don't know. Yes, you. Yes, you were going to wear a white gown. They've not told us. No, yeah, no, they're not going to tell you because they wanted to kind of be special and surprise. so it'll go over our clothes. That makes. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah, but you'll wear your own white gown, like your own white gown. Stop! You have to. I'm not turning up in a white dress. Yes, you are. When else would you get to wear a white dress after you get married? It would be inappropriate for her to draw attention to herself alone. It means purity, her. Father Larry. Thank you, Thank you, Father Larry. You're really not. You know, the cool thing about this is you don't have to go to confession because all of your sins are going to be completely and totally wiped away with baptism. Oh, are you what? Right. So get all the good stuff out now. Get it out now. <laughs> it's like the next 40 days is just Fat Tuesday for you. Get it all out of your system. I hope your husband's listening. <laughs> <laughs> what do you want to do later? I love this. She wants to go and pray. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna make a pilgrimage and, and find her special she has white the right, dress. She has the right disposition. I've been like, but yeah, that's the cool thing white that, dresses yeah, be for you. As an adult, all of your sins are washed away. I'm not getting rebaptized. Yeah. Amy, have you been baptized? Call your mom. Yeah. You think you think you? Some people are wondering who Amy is. We have. You think you're baptized? Amy is like, a guest yeah. of. Um, we have a friend here. Yeah, of, of JC, a friend of the pod. Friend of the pod. My friend Amy flew in from Salt Lake City today. She's a flight attendant too. Um, yesterday we were talking, and um, neither of us are working this week. She is supposed to be on a beach, but she came here to visit me instead. Is, it, is there snow in Salt Lake still, or is it yeah, cold? Yeah, I just got a snowstorm, actually. Really? We should have well, went to see Amy instead. Yeah. It's supposed to be back down in the 20s this week. Did you hear that, Amy? It's about to get really cold. I hope you brought adequate supplies. Yeah. <laughs> so, um... What do you want to talk about? Well, we're going to talk a little bit. Uh, I got a con- couple of clarificational. Wait a minute. And what are you are listening to? Fighting Catholic Jet Lag, the podcast. Yes. Did we say that yet? We haven't. But you know, I was thinking we do that every time, but we have that long intro where we kind of say it and then we repeat and say, hey, I'm Father Larry Hostetter. I'm JC Hart. And this is Fighting Catholic the Jet, jet lag. lag. 
Okay, yeah, I just so think it's good. So we kind of say like, that twice, don't we? But Continuity, I think it, it might be good, yeah. People who are just turning tuning in for the but first But people time. might also fast forward after a while through that 30-second intro. Do you? No, they wouldn't. Oh, yeah, if they do. like I was watching, uh, y'all, have you seen the new uh, Star Trek Discovery? What do you think? It's great, but it's got like a 30-second intro, and I always just kind of skip through it. I've seen it once. That's great. So yeah. is it a? Is it a... Did you, did you just recently watch this? No, no, I've, I'm on season two or three, I think. So okay, we watched a movie last night. That's probably what's the word you use? Scan, scandalous, scandalized. Uh huh. Or it was scandalous. Scandalous, scandalous. I just like when you say you'll be scandalized over this. What was but, it? Um, do you like any Quentin Tarantino movies? Um, what was the one with um, uh? Uma. John Travolta. That's what we watch, Pulp Fiction. Oh, Pulp Fiction. That's a brilliant movie. It is a brilliant movie. Yeah, but it's a little graphic and violent. Right. But it it's actually the only movie I'll really stay awake for other than The Sound of Music. So right. it's, you know, we watch it frequently. Did y'all do Burger Week last week? Did y'all do anything? In Owensboro last week, for those of you who are... Our international listeners. Oh. Or outside of so this region. Few. We have a few. And she's, one of them is here now. Yeah. And all the way from Utah. All the way from Utah. Um, last week was something called Burger, Burger week. week. It was also, unfortunately, the first week of Lent. So Why would they do that? That's I don't not know. great. I don't timing. think they had any Catholic advisors or they only you had can Catholic, always tell. Catholic advisors. You can and always tell. Matter. That's right. Well, we did, we celebrated. I think I got high. We did not I eat fit. a burger. We didn't eat burger, but we did. We did eat sushi. Out. We ate sushi. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's not really that much. It wasn't sushi week. <laughs> we had sushi on burger week. <laughs> well, you said, "Do we celebrate?" And there's more than one way to celebrate. Well, things. but I didn't. I wasn't. I didn't do it. I only will eat the vegetarian burgers or the ultimate. So wait, impossible. Impossible. Did you eat an impossible burger? No, I actually didn't. So. Mm. It's too bad. I think we've pretty much said all we needed to say for this episode. Yeah. <laughs> so. I didn't bring my notes or anything. Well, I got so, notes. I have notes right here. I took notes right before I came. I thought our last episode was really great. I thought it did. It needed really I think enjoyed a, a it. couple of things on confession that I think um, we want to just highlight. One was that we were talking about that ex- those extreme cases in Australia and just to be clear, and I think JC was trying to get at this, uh, and I wasn't paying attention to her. Uh, <laughs> we, I know. But, Thank you. But it was um, that that really just represents an extreme case. All of those things where um, somebody comes with something really horrible or horrific and demonstrate their repentance, you might ask them to do something that's more of a drawn out experience of confession. That is not the normal way of going to confession. Normally, nobody would drag out confession. Normally, nobody would deny absolution. I mean, there has to be something really serious uh, for that to happen. Um, And so I just, we just want to make sure that people understand that that's not part of the normal routine. We were just trying to make sure that everybody understood that confession cannot be a safe space for abusers. That is exactly what I wanted to say. Perfect. Well, I would like to read a quote from last week that I absolutely loved that really, to me, summed it up in the middle of us kind of just discussing it. But you had said, 
it feels like there are all these expectations you have to meet if you're going to be a good Catholic. And during Lent, sometimes this feels heightened. Um, so if you are spiritually exhausted and you just can't deal with anything else in regard to the Catholic Church, just let it go. Don't let go of the faith. Don't let go of the Catholic Church. It's there for you. But let go of the expectations you have placed on yourself and the expectations you have that you feel others have placed on you. Because wherever you're at in your journey, that's where you are. It's about where you're at right now. Good work. Do you remember saying that? Uh, uh, oh, yeah, because I just listened to it again last night. So <laughs> I should have like written it down and been like, I said this. I'll do that. When next you time. when you re-listen, do y'all get it's like, oh, I can't. I don't know about this part. I, yeah, I, yeah. Like, I'm gonna wait and listen to this later when I've had a chance to sit down. Yes, and yes. Nothing you have to wrong. really. And then you get through it and you go, oh, that wasn't so bad. It wasn't too bad. Rebecca and I. Rebecca was telling me that she'll get to certain parts and she'll laugh at them and then hear herself laughing, and I do the same. <laughs> Um, or sometimes in my mind, I'll like respond like, and then I actually respond with the same thing. And I hadn't even remembered that. So yeah, I have a very limited amount of jokes. So the second clarificational was. Will you delete uh, all of that? Uh, yeah. Well, no, oh, never delete you. Yes, please. No canceling on this show. Oh, man. Except for. If we get canceled. Yeah, if we get canceled. We may have things. There may be people who have canceled us. I don't know. Yeah. we've, And that's fair. That's fair. We'll give them that. The other clarification was I introduced the concept of perfect act of contrition. Mm, Remember I said there are other ways of being forgiven of a mortal sin besides going to confession. Oh, yeah. Almsgiving. Obviously, baptism. Mm, Oh. Uh, Almsgiving, just general sin. I mean, mortal sin is, is, but, you know. And then what's called a perfect act of contrition. Do you all remember when the pandemic started and they kind of shut down the churches and people couldn't go to confession? The bishop wrote a letter and reminded all the priests to say, tell people, hey, if somebody's really worried, you can remind them of our tradition of a perfect act of contrition. So act, act of contrition is basically an act of sorrow. It's when we say, I'm sorry uh, for something. So to be contrite is to be sorry. So an act of contrition is a prayer that expresses sorrow. But that prayer it should reflect what's in our hearts. So an uh, imperfect act of contrition is, I'm sorry because this is going to get me into trouble. Oh. I'm sorry because uh, I don't want to go to hell. Or I'm sorry. Okay. But I'm sorry prayer, I got caught. I'm sorry I got caught. Kind of. yeah. I'm which, sorry you feel bad. Which is <laughs> sufficient or if you go to confession, it's sufficient sorrow to get absolution. Okay. Perfect act of contrition is when we're sorry because we have wounded God. Oh, and we're man. sorry because... When you put it like that. Because we, we of the love that we should have for God and God's love for us, and we have violated that love. Um, so if you can't get to confession for whatever reason, because sometimes people ask me this question, well, Father, what happens if I realize that what I did was wrong and I want to go to confession, but confession is not till Saturday, and I'm in a car wreck on the way to confession. Does that mean I go to hell? Isn't that um, that, that kind of question kind of shows how twisted some of our thinking that's, has gotten? Okay, but that, still, that's yes. what people worry about. No, so we I, I know, it. but I, I wonder what we're doing as a church if that is the fear and anxiety that people within our church have is, oh my gosh, 
I could go to hell because I didn't make it to confession on time right. or some of the emails we've gotten that um, it just, it makes me worry that we're, what are we doing as a church? Right. I don't think typically that's as much of a problem for a lot of half because yeah. they may not worry about it at all, <laughs> but it's, it's, it is a worry it for is. some people who are a little bit more scrupulous well, well, or that, yeah. that want to do everything just right. Well, yeah. And that's, that's okay. so you're good. It's not like, it's it's all about your intention. So if if I realize I need to go to confession, but confession is not for another three weeks because I live in a place where the, the priest only shows up every three weeks. My intention is to go to confession. Should something happen between now and then, you'll be you're forgiven. Yeah. Because remember, I said last week, forgiveness happens the moment you make that act of contrition, and let's say you make it perfectly. That's the first part of of being forgiven. The priest. Okay confirms that with absolution and and it kind of makes it final but if something happens in between there and your intention is to go to confession you're good you're good you don't have to worry about that just like where i don't see just because you don't worry about these things doesn't mean other people don't worry about them that's a great way of putting it um but i guess the question is if you're not catholic like the way it's sounding is like Okay, you there is at least a little bit of reason to be worried that you might not make it to your next confession to be no, absolved. I mean, if, as long as your intent is to go to confession. But what if you what if you're Protestant and you don't God finds a way. So why can't we live under that rule too? Well, we talked about that last time about the importance of connecting with another human being who serves okay. as We're taking um, baby steps to it. I oh, get it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I just I don't know. And I, I, I mean, I know a, a, I've had Protestant friends who say, I wish we had something like confession. Okay, but Because they'll go to their minister. What about the Catholics that wish this. they did not have to go to confession? I mean, are well, they. Well, if they're not committing any mortal sins, they don't need to. Okay. But, I mean, that's, that's part of our faith that if okay. you've committed a sin so serious that it's destroyed your relationship. There is a sacrament for that very purpose. I, and I, I get it. And I, I mean, I love the sacrament. I really do. I guess what I'm getting at is for, for some Catholics, maybe a lot of Catholics, it's like, what's the, like, okay, hearing all of that. And last week I really enjoyed that discussion and it really illuminated some things for me and made me want to do it. But for those who are like, I just don't think, like, I just don't feel comfortable. It's not with essential it. to go. Going okay. to confession is not essential yes. to being a Catholic. That's unless you've committed something so serious that you've destroyed your relationship with God. But even if you have and you do not make it to confession, or you don't even have intent to go to confession because you're right in the middle of the oh, Like we've said before, God think, finds a way, I think right? God will find the cracks in our soul yes. in which to infuse grace. I in the really, meantime, I'm not going to take a chance I, on you, my cracks being wide enough. That didn't come out right. <laughs> We're going to have to leave that part. Out. No, keep it in. Keep it in. That was... Keep it in. <laughs> that stays. I'm not going to take a chance on 
um, that I am spiritually open enough yeah. for God's grace to totally. touch my heart and forgive me. I'm going to use what he's given me because I'm grateful of it. Now, that being said, if there's somebody who, because of previous trauma with the church or they just have, you know, there, there's a block that right. it's okay. Right. It's I, okay. I, they will be okay as long as what they want to do is to do what God wants them to do. Absolutely. And I think if you're a Catholic who um, you grew up in the church, just consider this. You grew up in the church being told um, everything between going to confession. Here's this is um, what a good Catholic boy or girl is supposed to act like, think like, speak like. And then by the time you get to the point where you can make your own decisions, you just reject all of it. And so confession can kind of be lumped back into that thing where it's like, you can't even see the beauty or the benefit of it because you are just so disenchanted with the church. And so for me, when I get, when I got to that point with Catholicism and that was, um, last week. That was last week. That is currently <laughs> no. Uh, when that was more so after college, it helped me to feel like, okay, these are not rules. These are just suggestions, and um, you don't have to do any of this. But here is the benefit for you, um, like eating your vegetables. Right. Absolutely. So that's where that's my approach, and I don't want it to feel like I'm like coming at you with, why would anyone want to do this? Um, but I just want to make it clear that you'll get, it's okay if your friend or your daughter or whatever is not there, just pray for them to be because God pray will figure that out. Pray for them to be out. where God wants them to be. Exactly. Not where, not where, Say where, it louder for the people want, in the back. Not where you want them to be. Say it again. We'll just pray for where, that they'll be where God wants them to be. Like, let God be the one to control that. Yes. But we've kind of beaten this confession horse to death now because we've got okay, almost well, an Okay, we don't have to talk about that. animals like that. There, I wore a fur last week. We're definitely getting taken off the air. Do you have another analogy? We yeah, can't. You shouldn't, we shouldn't have used that, should we? No. I mean, people will have to make their own. I mean, we've got this whole episode of other stuff. Make your own decision when you're ready to come back. There are great benefits to it. Um, yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolution. <laughs> oh. Um, so uh, you had your first event as a Oh, I did. I did. Week. Okay. So that was a lot of fun. We hosted the junior class. We had our first event here at Brescia, and I'm the youth events coordinator. And uh, we hosted the junior class of Owensboro Catholic. Oh, mm-hmm. Father Larry and I welcomed them on the bus. Remember that? Mm-hmm. Well, I was talking to Sister Pam and Father Larry walks up doing hand things like because he saw me using my hands to talk a lot. I don't realize how much she uses her hands. He talk. literally walks up to the bus going like this. <laughs> so that was fun. But that was such a great day because... I mean, we had a Catholic school there. It was really cool. Um, And also, I got to do something so cool. I haven't even gotten to tell you this or you. So, Sister Pam, who, what's what's the title of what she does? Director of Campus Ministry. 
the other title that she has. Mission Effectiveness Director. Um, it, with Mass. Oh, well, she happens to be the sacristan. Uh, sacristan. I was thinking, you, you, I'm like, I know it's something Kristen. Sacristan. Uh-huh. So that means she takes is, care of the sacristy. But for half in Halflick speak, it's like she's setting up all of that. And it's it's funny what goes into it. And it reminds me kind of of like I told her she's like a holy spiritual flight attendant because she has like a little pack that she keeps the Eucharist in and then she sets it up like with such intention and putting things where you, she knows you like them versus where father, then she has to change it for father Mike. And she's like, father Larry has glasses. So you need to have the Bible up like this for him to see. She puts so much intention in it. And then she took me back to the little room that the sacristy. You, during where it happens. Yes. The sacristy. And she was showing me all the goblets and she's like, I don't chalices. the chalices. She's like, I've got ace hardware that taught me how to get the stuff out of this. You just take a little toothpick. So sweet sister Pam is taking a little toothpick to the chalices to make sure they're clean. She takes the linens home after mass, launders them, irons them, folds them the way she likes it, brings them well, back. There's a one way to defold them. There's mm-hmm. not the way she likes it. It's false. It's, it's, she and I say false because she folds them the proper way, but then she told me, but the priest needs to wipe their fingers on it. So then you need to uncross it and do it like this for them. Like that's how good she is. And I know she does it, works very hard at it. And I just and think I'm it's really grateful. cool. And Amy, you know how like fl- there are flight attendants, there are two types of flight attendants. They're like the ones that are like, here's your caddy, just go out there and let it rip. And then there are some that are like, I like to set up my bar cart precisely like this because it's the best for the passengers. Amy's nodding her head. Yeah. <laughs> So that is how Sister Pam is. And it just, I thought it was really cool. And it's the first time I'd ever seen the sacristan. And I thought, I think this is my favorite room in the whole chapel because it's like the preparation for the preparation of the meal. Mm-hmm. And that's important. That's right. It is. But we don't ever talk about, like, there's always some. There's even a holy sink in there. There's a Yes, there's lots of holy little yeah. things. She even has a holy stool. There's a sink that the idea is that it, it doesn't go into the, the plumbing or the sewer. It goes straight into the ground. Oh, you're so serious. That, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, you're serious. <laughs> so if it's any bit of Jesus left, he goes into the ground. And oh, my God. Really? Do you think they really do that? It's supposed to go into the it's ground. It's supposed yeah. to go into the ground. That's pretty wild. And only the stuff from the meal is washed there. Yeah. Nothing else can be. And if you have like significant that. particles, you're not even supposed to pour them down. Right. Because you're supposed to consume them. Or there is sometimes a little bowl of water next to the tabernacle where you can put particles in until they dissolve. And then once they dissolve and it's no longer recognizable as food, in the presence of Christ is no longer See, there. these are good things to know. But it was really cool being a part of it. And this is going to be a hard part to edit. Just take it all out. <laughs> I'm just telling you all for your own information. That Sister you, Pam was junior sacristan. As a junior, they'll call you junior flight attendants. Um, what do we call them? New hires, widgets, widgets, baby, baby widgets. widgets. New, I just call them new hires, but they call anyone over like two years. Well, I guess over like ten years, it's like you're a senior mama. Yeah. Do you know how many miles you've flown? No, I wouldn't even, I don't even know if I made it to all the 50 states. I have no idea. 
There are times that I'll be like, the other day I was telling someone, oh my gosh, I've always wanted to go to Barcelona. And you were Barcelona. And Ben's like, you've been to Barcelona. It's freaky. Anyway. So it was a great event. Do you all have your own rooms or do you like share rooms? They used to have to share rooms. Did you know that? No. They used to have to share rooms. Yeah. The flight attendants (laughs) will tell you about it. They're like, we used to have to share rooms and you'd, and you'd be on a rotation for like four or five days back then. And it's like by the fifth day, you know, okay, she puts her toothbrush on this side. She does this, but we always get our own room. Yeah. I can't imagine (laughs) doing that. So I was at a hotel uh, in DC near the Dulles airport and um, down the hall, they had a room that just said crew lounge. Mm -hmm. So I guess it was because lots of flight crews were hanging out there. I've never seen them. I tried my I tried my key. Didn't work. work. Yeah. No, I was because I, I had a, one of those concierge keys. Oh, um, but it didn't didn't really? into that room. Yeah. So uh, we we had a question about prayer. I think we need to move on, right? Sure. Okay. Meat and potatoes. Yeah. So let me pull up my thing. Um, I'd love to dig deep into prayer. What does prayer look for like? For people, does it have to begin with dear Lord, oh Lord, and end with amen to be a prayer? Hmm. Or is it just an inner dialogue conversation? If you say you pray for someone, what are the words you are saying? Oh, you know, today I I saw something uh, where somebody said, if you say a prayer for someone, you're giving that person to God's love. Out of love. You're giving them to God's love. I thought that was really kind of wait. Cool way say that again. Out of love, you were giving them to God's love, and I don't know where I saw it. So if that was from one of you all on a post or something, forgive me, but it was I good. Like that. Or is it just what is in your heart when you pray the rosary? So um, here we go. Can prayer be defined? Is meditation prayer? Can prayer be defined? Can it be taught? Why are certain prayers for certain things? What is it? Does it mean the same if you're using others' words, or is it from the heart? What about prayers to anyone else but God? This list is endless, and my intrigue and questions, as are my intrigue and questions with this one. Who did that come from? Oh, that came from Was Rebecca. That oh. That is a great question. Mm-hmm. Um, so I wrote down some things as I was thinking about that today. So how do you, how would you define prayer? Mm, Well, mine's more just continual conversation. Like a lot of times it it either, if I start it, I rarely end it because then it just goes into conversation. But unless it's like eating, you know, like a mealtime prayer, like a specific prayer, but more conversation. You ever see Fiddler on the Roof? Musical. I'm not really a musical person. Um, Tevia, the main character. Rebecca's like, I beg to differ. <laughs> talks about, uh, talks to God in that conversational sort of way. Yeah. He's complaining to God or just, you know, about different things. Why are you doing this to me? Um, and it, it, that's a legitimate, perfectly legitimate way of praying. Yeah. Mine's, yeah. Well, I, I heard once that it's like, if you don't know what to pray, um, just remember even help and thank you are all you need to say sometimes. So if you, if you don't know where to go, so we'll, so sometimes my prayers will just start as that <laughs> and then 
What are you all learning in RCIA about prayer? Have you had covered that one yet? No, we've not really. I mean, we we've got the um, the prayers. We've been mm-hmm. given those, like the ones that like traditional like, Catholic Mary, prayer. Yeah, yeah those are good those. to know. Um, but not like a real discussion of what does prayer look like. Right. And probably because it doesn't look like any one thing, but prayer at its most basic is just a conversation, as JC said, a conversation with God. And so just like you have different types of conversations with your friends or your acquaintances or your parents. So you can have different kinds of conversations with God. And the cool thing about it is when with God, you do what's comfortable for you because God doesn't care. It doesn't matter to God how you pray as long as you pray. So we, when we're having conversations with each other, we're putting on different personas, right? You might have a different conversation with JC than you might have with me or your mom or with your brother or, you know, whoever, um, because you're adapting your style to what you think they need. So, you know, you, you, you try to keep the other, most people try to keep the other person in mind when you're talking with them. So if, if I'm talking to somebody, uh, a, a little second grader, and I'm talking to them the same way I would to somebody who's a professor of theology and teaches at Notre Dame, I'm not a good conversationalist, right? I mean, that second grader is not going to understand unless they're, you know, a prodigy what I'm saying. So we adapt ourselves to different people, but we don't have to adapt ourselves to God. We just have to adapt ourselves to ourselves and find, and and I have to admit, this is one of the hardest things that I had to learn is that you don't have to pray a certain way. So I had always read these stories about saints who were praying. And even in my little research for this session, I found recommendations for prayers and people would say, you should give yourself an hour to pray. Well, That's what I had always heard, you know, in seminary and others, you should take an hour and just dedicate yourself completely and totally to prayer. That has never worked for me. I cannot sit still for an hour. Um, I'll end up walking around the church, but I just can't sit still for an hour. And and, And that conversation about Catholic shame and guilt, I always felt a little guilty about that because that was the ideal of prayer was that you would spend, you know, if you can't give an hour to God in a day, you know, what kind of Christian are you? What kind of priest are you? And so uh, it took me a long time to recognize that prayer doesn't have to be one thing and that the things that people sometimes present as ideals are the way they like to pray. But God's expectation is just that we that we pray and it, it can just be manifested in a whole bunch of different ways and also can depend on where you are. Um, so let's say you have plenty of energy and you've got time, then you might take some time to do some meditation. I'll talk about what that means here in a minute and, and quiet prayer, but maybe you're just exhausted. Uh, you're, you don't know what to do. Uh, because you're dealing with something difficult and all you can remember is the Our Father or the Hail Mary. 
And that's all you can do. Beautiful prayer. Um, I remember somebody who had uh, suffered a great loss and said, I don't, I can't pray. And it, it was let your pain be your prayer. Um, and that was what, what apparently they needed to hear according to what, what the feedback that I got. Um, so prayer doesn't have to be one thing, but the beauty of our Catholic tradition is over 2000 years, there is so much in terms of variety of prayer that we can pretty much pick, pick our own prayer. Um, I, I, I get a little frustrated sometimes when somebody comes and says to me, Oh, father, I think I'm going to kind of look at the Buddhist faith because, you know, they have such a deep dedication to prayer. They, 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 or the, a meditation and they have spirituality and mysticism. And I'm like, we do too. We just haven't done a very good job of communicating it. I mean, we've got a mystic is someone who sees the more mystical side of life is really able to enter into, uh, you know, kind of disconnect from this world and connect more to the spiritual world. So St. John of the Cross, St. Teresa of Avila, uh, St. Catherine of Siena, all of these are some of the great mystics of the church. So we have a mystical uh, tradition. St. Julian of Norwich in, in England, um, who was an uh, anchorite, um, you know, she her writings reveal a, a profound mystical uh, spirit. St. Hildegard in the German part of Europe. Um, so what I thought maybe we would do and let you all comment is talk a little bit about the various types of prayer. And, and this is not an exhaustive list by any means, but probably enough to get us through the rest of this episode. Um, and see if you all have had any experiences with this kind of prayer or what you think about this type of prayer. But first, let me ask you, JC, mm -hmm. is that what is your favorite prayer? What do you think? I suspect something to do with the Blessed Mother. Yeah, the Hail Mary. The Hail Mary. Okay. Yeah, actually, no. Uh, it's my second favorite. My first favorite is the prayer we did growing up as children, um, like our our food blessing prayer. Bless us, O Lord, and these no, nope, gifts. No, it's not the one we did. I mean, we knew that one, but you know, the one that you learn in preschool. That you're like, I'm not going to do it because it <laughs> you have to like go on now. I give thanks for blue skies above me, green grass below me, good friends beside me. I give thanks for the food that's in front of me, peace all around the world. Amen. We should do a video of that and post it on the Instagram. I, I mean, that her, was did our. Did you get her Instagram, her mink code on the Instagram last oh, week? No. no, I'll. All, All right, seven Beckman again. kids. Definitely not. No, I'm. what we're going to do for the Instagram, we're going to have my mom do it with the boys, with my nephews. Okay, sounds good. Yes. <laughs> Why don't you show us at the live show? Oh, yeah. We do have a live show coming up. Uh, for those of you that enjoyed that, good, good segue. And that is March. 28th. March the 28th. It is still in Lent. Mm -hmm. uh, what time do you all want to do? It's 6 o'clock again. Yeah, just that's good. Uh, Amy, you free at six? From Utah. I think <laughs> I think Stella is in love with you. Yes. Oh, Stella found a new friend. Um, but yeah, six o'clock on the twenty eighth. Same place as last time, the pub. 
Um, so yeah, come Thursday. So it'll be a little more subdued because it is Lent and we do want to respect that. Mm-hmm. So anyway, let's go through some of these prayer styles of prayer. So Helma, have you discovered something that you really like to do? Um, prayer wise, mm-hmm. nothing that's um to memorize yet. Uh-huh. I can know the Our Father, and most of it, you do something slightly different at the end of the Our Father. We don't have the doxology. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a couple of um prayers that I know but I don't I'm still figuring it out I think it's just an, a constant mm-hmm. conversation right and just directing it to God instead of like myself like, yeah I think that's perfectly fine of course the most obvious and easiest way to pray for anybody is is mass mm-hmm. I remember one time when I was a young priest I went I was talking to an older priest and I was saying I just don't have the time to pray and I obviously was feeling feeling guilty about it and he said, well, you say Mass every day, don't you? And I said, yes. He said, there's a half hour right there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, enter it into a spirit of prayer rather than just saying saying the words. So um, if, if that's all that people have time to do is to go to Mass for a half hour during the week and pray, that's plenty. I mean, that's a pretty can be a pretty significant prayer if you really just enter into the words and, you know. So would listening to a Bible in the Year episode and having that intention also be a form of Absolutely, yes. There you go. And just, and so that is actually the top of my list Mm -hmm. is sacred scripture. And then you, I've not listened to this, but as you give like a little explanation of what, of what. It'll be like 20 minutes of reading and then a five, 10 minute explanation afterwards. And then you could just spend a few minutes just thinking about it, Mm -hmm. you know, and that is what's called meditation. And specifically in this case, it's sometimes called uh, Lectio Divina, the divine reading. And it is, comes from the Benedictine tradition of listening to sacred Mm -hmm. scripture and kind of just letting it settle in. And just maybe reading sacred scripture really slowly and stopping where the spirit moves you to stop and just sitting in that for a little bit. Do you all like to pray when you, like when you drive, like stoplight prayers? Do you, have you ever heard of that? No. What's that? When you get to a stoplight, you, that's when you pray because you have like a minute, you turn down your radio and you say your prayers. That's when you're supposed to check your messages. (laughs) That too. (laughs) Messages from God. The messages from God, stoplight prayers. Um, and I, I like, I like, I prefer prayers that are more like spontaneous. So like, like when you're driving and you see someone that's walking and you're like, thank you for giving me a car to drive, be with that person. I'm yeah. sure it's cold out. Like that kind of praying okay. is what I, you know, just making, making every, yeah, I know you do making everything um, intentional. We're reading this book with our book club. It's called The Energy Bus. And in it, it says to do a gratitude walk. And that's when, like, if if you're at work and you just want to take a quick walk around the building and you just start, you know, talking about what you're grateful for. And the concept, though, is if you don't, you know, you don't have the time in the day to cut it out, then make anything a gratitude walk. So that's even when you get up in the morning and you go to the bathroom to brush your teeth. It's like between there and the sink, your bed and the sink, you're thinking, 
oh my gosh, I have warm slippers to wear. I've got running water. Just being intentional with everything around. So And a great uh, prayer, and, and that's the second category, is a devotional prayer. And when oh, you talk about the is that morning, a devotional prayer? Is, no, it can be, but is to start, is first thing you do when you wake up is to make the sign of the cross. Yeah, I do it every time I run a red that. light. <laughs> but there are other devotional prayers. Or a yellow light. I don't run red lights, but like. Rosaries, uh, the traditional prayers that are written, uh, things like a morning offering. So morning offering is something that's uh, been part of the Catholic tradition for a long time, where you make the sign of the cross and then you just say this morning offering. And what I like, and I know you all give me a hard time about prayers that are pre-written. What I like about it is I don't have to think about it. I can just say the words and mean them. And it's basically offering the day to God. Uh, and at the end of the day, uh, a lot of Catholics will do an act of contrition. Uh, again, that's act of sorrow. Um, as they'll think about their day and they'll think, okay, I, had, I did good here. I did well here. I missed the mark here. Lord, I'm sorry for the times I missed the mark. Acts of faith, hope, and love, especially when you're not feeling any of those. The Stations of the Cross, we talked about that. The Prayer to St. Michael, a lot of people have heard that one. They like that one. And then what I think is one of the most beautiful devotional prayers in um, in our tradition is the uh, Angelus, where it's done three times a day, six in the morning, uh, noon, and then six in the evening. And the Angelus is the prayer of commemorating the um, incarnation. I'm going to write that down. Um, and so, you know, there's that famous painting of the, the couple standing in the field and they're stopped with their heads bowed. In the background, you can see the church bell tower because the, the bell, St. Stephen's, rings the Angelus at those times. So it's three rings and then you say the prayer and then a Hail Mary, three more rings, you say the prayer and the Hail Mary, and then three more rings, say the prayer of the Hail Mary, and then the then the bell just rings a whole bunch, and then it's done. The the, the Angelus prayer is I'm gonna, I was going to say it. I'm going to go ahead and see if I remember it because I don't always get the words right. The angel of the Lord declared unto Mary, and she conceived by the Holy Spirit. And then you say Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Behold the handmaid of the Lord, be it done to me according to thy word. Then Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Pray for us, O Holy Mother of God that we may be made worthy of the promises of Christ. Um, then the Hail Mary again, and then you have a prayer. Pour forth we beseech thee, O Lord, thy grace into our hearts, that we, to whom the incarnation of Christ thy Son was made known by the message of an angel, may by his passion and cross bring us to the glory of the resurrection through Christ our Lord. Amen. That last part wasn't right. Here. And that's every day. That's at three times a day. Why is it not done at midnight? Um, because people are in sleep. It'd be a lot to ring I mean, I guess you could. Yeah, you don't want people, the church bell ringing yeah. in the middle of the night. Um, but here, let me, I, I said that wrong. So uh, I did everything right until the end. May by his passion cross be brought to the glory of his resurrection through the same Christ our Lord. I almost had it right. Um, but that's the Angelus. And I just think it's cool that you interrupt your day like that. And of course, in, when you lived in a village and the only thing that you had to keep time were the church bells, it was a way of kind of sanctifying sanctifying the day. I was with a British priest one time, and we were um, out in, in the countryside of Rome, and we were hiking and passed this uh, shrine to Our Lady just about the time the Angelus bells were ringing. And he said, oh, we should pray the Angelus. 
And he said, why don't you lead it? He was from Northern England. So he said something that I didn't hardly understand, but, um, and, uh, but it was, why don't you lead it? So I, I stumbled through it like I did just now. And he said, Oh, I'm so glad you did that. Cause I can never remember it either. So, <laughs> so that's a, a devotion. That's kind of a cool thing. Uh, I think. So a devotion is if it's to Mary. No, devotion just means it's from the heart. It's some, it, Devotion just means a devotional prayer is one that's not strictly connected like to the liturgy, like to the mass or the divine office. It's a prayer that's grown up over time that, that means something to people. And so people do it out of devotion. Oh. It can be to Mary. It doesn't have to be. all for this week tune in for part two of our conversation on prayer in next week's episode see you then